Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. We're coming to you from Windy, downtown Las Vegas, here at the Circus Sports Studio. It's nice. The temperature's nice, Amal, but it's very, very windy outside today. And it's super wild card weekend Friday. We have six games on tap. Two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and one on Monday night. From a betting perspective, traditionally, Amal, which weekend of the NFL playoffs do you find the most profitable? Uh, the second, divisional Divisional round. round. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think it's the best one. Look, this is a terrific weekend. I love the way the schedule's laid out. Two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then, of course, the Monday night game as well. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, not excited, though, that the Chiefs-Steelers game got put in that Sunday night window because I think that potentially could be a game that – could be one-sided compared to the rest of them. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen the Cowboys 49ers. In that's that what game. I thought it was going to be. I think that's clearly the feature game of the weekend from an interest perspective, maybe a betting perspective as well, especially with the numbers sitting there at three. Um, and, and I still think the time slot on Sunday afternoon will do terrific. But for a whole country to be watching in a night game, that's probably the one I would have picked. Well, you're talking about two of the four franchises that have won at least five Super Bowls, right? And they're probably two of the marquee names when you look in the NFL. All right, let's take a look at the AFC matchups here in this first segment, and we'll start with the first game tomorrow at 1.30 Pacific time from Cincinnati. The five-seed Las Vegas Raiders take on the four-seed and AFC North champ Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Earlier, the Bengals came here to Las Vegas. Amal beat the Raiders. Remember that game was 16-13 with five minutes to go. A low-scoring, fast-moving game it was here, and then a couple of Derek Carr turnovers uh, got it out of hand late. Cincinnati, I believe, was a two-point favorite in that game. This game opened six, went down to five and a half on Wednesday, ticked down to five yesterday, and currently sits at five. Bengals minus five, total down from 49 to 48 and a half to 48. We know it's going to be cold weather. Two questions here, Amal. Five is the slipperiest number, the easiest one to come off of, right? Yeah. Do you anticipate this game continuing in the Raiders' direction, and do you expect it to get under five before kickoff or go back up? And then the second question Cold weather, where does this total land? I don't think we've seen it come down as far as it's going to be. I think it closes 47 or 46 and a half. Well, I'm going to start with the back end of your question. I hope you're wrong on them because I like your play on this total under. I think it's going to be a far more defensive game than people realize. And if you're the Raiders, you're going to have to control the clock. You want to keep Burrow in that offense off of the field. 
And in reference to your first part of the question in terms of this number, I do believe it'll come down simply because in the postseason, I think people like getting points. You expect games to be far more competitive. And you have to give the Raiders a ton of credit for what they've been able to do down the stretch. Road win at Indianapolis, tough home win against the Chargers, in which they were fairly in command of that game throughout. Uh, So I think getting four and a half or five will be intriguing to people. And then you'll also have an influx of some Raider money, whether it be from Southern California, Northern California, and, of course, here in Southern Nevada. So I do think it'll tend to move downwards. Which coach has impressed you more this year? Rich Bisaccia with what he did during the turmoil with the Raiders, winning their last four games to make it into the playoffs, or Zach Taylor taking this team, who was 25-1 to preseason, to win the AFC North and capturing that title? Well, I got to go with uh, Zach Taylor because I think he's the coach of the year. Look, I'm not taking anything away from the Raiders and their accomplishment, but here, here's the factor I would look at from a Raiders perspective. When you come in and you get anointed a head coaching opportunity like they did with the Raiders, you look at it and say, hey, I'm going to capitalize on this and give them credit, but they also managed to schedule well. Cincinnati was a team. Who really would have thought they were going to win the division this year? I mean, you and I, back when Jacob was doing the show and it was called the nuts, we went through every team and looked at the favorite bets, right? And we kept saying 25 to one is too long on Cincinnati. Not that we think they're going to win the division. Correct. But, but how, but how are, how are the Ravens plus 170, the Browns plus 190, the Steelers three to one and the Bengals 25 to one. Yeah, it didn't make sense. I didn't think they were that far away. When you have a quarterback of the caliber of Joe Burrow, it changes the dynamic of a lot of things. It's not someone you look and go, well, this guy may or may not be able to play. You saw the talent last year until he had the knee injury, and then they add in Jamar Chase. The offense got far better. Mixon's done a tremendous job for this team. Uh, But what Zach Taylor's been able to do, and that win against Kansas City, I thought was one of the most impressive wins all year long because the Chiefs were moving the ball in that first half. It looked like they were dominating that game. Cincinnati finds a way to come back, win the game, win this division. And now they host a home playoff game. I think you have to give him credit. Now, to me, if he doesn't win coach of the year, I would be really surprised. I just couldn't justify being anybody else. I think that people have a legitimate vote in Vrabel. I think that's the only other guy that can get the vote here. Okay, just kind of explain why you believe it could be Vrabel. Well, but they win the division and get the one seed. That's fair. Do okay. so without Derrick Henry for the majority of the season. And his defense markedly improved. This defense was bad. This defense was a bottom 10 defense the last two years. Remember, that's the Achilles heel in the playoffs. They'd go into Cincinnati, couldn't stop Cincinnati. This defense, at least statistically, was better this year, Amal. I I don't disagree with that, and I do think Vrabel's done a tremendous job. I think Vrabel is probably, including John Harbaugh and Bill Belichick, probably takes advantage of game situations better than any coach in the NFL. Right, Like, oh, jump off sides in a situation Mm -hmm. to create, okay, you get the first down, we, we can use our three timeouts now here, what have you. Just a really intelligent coach. However, I would argue you've got A.J. Brown, you've got a proven guy in Tannehill that you traded for, you acquired from the Dolphins, Uh, You paid him long-term money. You brought in Julio Jones. You've got some decent pieces defensively. Not a great team. They've improved overall. Uh, We'll see how they do. Henry's been a difference, but this team still found ways to get through. I just think Cincinnati deserves a lot more credit for what they've been able to accomplish. And you look at some of their losses, right, against the Packers, the 49ers, the Chargers, the Browns. I mean, no shame. I know the Browns didn't play well down the stretch, Mike, but I think if you look at all the teams I just mentioned, everybody considered those teams either postseason or on the cusp of postseason before the season started. I agree with you. Tennessee was a co-favorite with the Colts. Even odds to win the AFC South before the season started. All right, Saturday night, we stay in the AFC and we go to Orchard Park. Buffalo Bills hosting the New England Patriots. The Bills win the AFC East. They are the three seed. The Patriots finish with the sixth seed. This is the third edition of this game. The Patriots won that Monday night game, only passing the ball three times in the swirling winds in Orchard Park in the first matchup. 
Second matchup was a shootout that the Bills won. No punts in the second game. Well, that's that's an amazing thing for an NFL game not to have a punt. But it was buoyed by the fact that between both head coaches, they went for it 10 times on fourth down. My conflict here is which version of the game do we see? The first game very conservatively played or the second game very aggressively played? This number sits at the Bills minus four and a half with a total of 44. It's expected to be eight degrees in Buffalo with winds 15 to 20 miles an hour at kickoff. I can make the argument over. I can make the argument under. I can make the argument for the Patriots. I can make the argument for the Bills. I'm waiting to hear your argument. I don't really have one. I uh, think this number, I didn't realize it gone up to four and a half. Mm-hmm. I would not want to play uh, Buffalo at this number. I would probably take the Pats at four and a half. I think it's going to be a tight, low-scoring game. This game feels like 24-20, 23-20. I think Buffalo finds a way to win, but I don't think they overwhelm. I think New England's going to have a similar game plan to what we saw the first time around. Not necessarily just to be reliant on the run. But I think it's going to be a conservative approach. Can Mac Jones really move this offense in this type of weather? Remember, this is a kid who grew up in Jacksonville, played at Alabama. This is going to be his first taste of true, true cold weather. I mean, this is going to be bitingly cold night game in Foxborough. I know they had the wind in that game about six, eight weeks ago, but it'll be a different scenario here. Yeah, the cold is much different. And it's, uh, you know, it's not negative nine like it was in Minneapolis um, for that playoff game against the Seahawks. But still... Eight degrees is cold and add the wind onto that. Not as much wind in Minneapolis in these games as there will be in Buffalo. I, I lean over here. I've I've talked about it this week. I haven't pulled the trigger. I bet that I bet the Raider game last night, 24 and a half first half, because I think this number's coming down when people realize it's going to be cold in Cincinnati and they realize that Derek Carr in games that, that start with a temperature under 40 degrees averages 17 points. They'll start they'll thinking about that and betting that game under. I lean over here, but I can't help but think Belichick's going to protect his rookie quarterback and and not, and try to have him throw the ball. I mean, obviously, if they get behind two scores, it opens up the game. But if he can stay within one score in this game, maybe he runs the ball like he did in the first matchup. Maybe you only see Mac Jones throw the ball 18 to 20 times here. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think you're going to put Mac Jones in a situation only when he has to throw, you're going to try and throw the football. But with Stevenson and Harris running the football, and they've had tremendous success on the ground, if you're New England, you're looking to continue to do that. And here's the other thing that's an advantage for uh, New England in this game. Buffalo has not been uh, playing well against the run. This is something I think they can take advantage of. We saw it in that first game. I think it was Damian Harris who had that long touchdown run. I mean, the, really, that was the only semblance of offense we saw out of the New England Patriots and still made it hold up. Defense has been terrific. Brian McFadden was on with us yesterday. He talked about how well this Patriots defense has played. Um, i, I got to tell you, Mike, this game is probably my second favorite game of the weekend. I'm looking forward to this one. And your favorite game is 49ers-Cowboys? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't wait for that game. I think it's going to be a terrific matchup. I'm surprised you're not more excited for... With the Rams? Yeah, the Rams and the Cardinals on Monday. Well, first of all, I need the Rams to win, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> more, more important. <laughs> I, but I would tell you, you know, I, I know people criticize Russell Westbrook in the NBA, but he's the guy I would pay to see the most because of the intensity he plays with. Kyler Murray, for me, is the guy that I would pay to see watch. I'm not looking forward to that game because it's going to be a tight, tough game. But I, I just... I want to see Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs against this New England defense. I want to see the running game against this Buffalo team. I, I think this game's going to be a lot of fun, cold weather. I want to ask you this question now, projecting out the second round here. If the Patriots, I'm going to assume the Steelers don't beat the Chiefs, so okay, let's make that fair. assumption. If the Patriots were to beat the Bills, likely they will get the one-seed Titans as they recede yes, into right. the divisional round. So Patriots at Titans, if the Bills win the game as the three-seed, they automatically are going to play against the two seed if they win the Chiefs. Correct. Who has a better chance of winning a second round matchup should they advance out of Buffalo? The Patriots at Tennessee or the Bills at Arrowhead? 
I think it's equal. Mm. I, I, I really do. I, I think Buffalo can go into Kansas City. We saw them wax them earlier this year. They can do the same thing again. And to me, it wouldn't be much of a surprise or a stretch for New England to go on the road to Nashville and to be able to win that game as well. I, I feel like Tennessee, and I don't want to call them a fraud because that's that's misrepresenting what they've done this year, but they're probably one of the weaker one seeds, one seeds we've seen in a while. Tell me the teams in the AFC that you think could reach the Super Bowl. I think it's really three teams. I think it's the one, two, and three seeds. Okay. I, I think it's uh, obviously Tennessee because they're at home, mm-hmm. Kansas City because of Mahomes, and then Buffalo because I think they're overall a pretty good team. Yeah, I, I, w- I would. I think Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati, if they beat the Raiders and they end up playing the Titans in the second round, is a difficult matchup for the Titans because of their ability to throw the ball. I, I, I just think they have that threat, and if Burrow is hot. They could pose problems for the Titans, more so than the Patriots could. It's a fair if, argument. If that was the matchup. All right, when we come back, we're going to continue looking at the remaining four games. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my dance, <laughs> Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. <laughs> Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge your leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, and Amal's personal favorite, citrus. 
And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It's odds on. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw on Visa the Sports Betting Network. Amal, just during the break, yeah. I got three different texts from people asking where they can get this jacket you're wearing. They're very, very sharp. I said, I'll talk to Bill Adi and see, see if we can get in the VEASAN store soon. Well, as long as we keep the temperature similar to what we're expecting in Orchard Park Saturday night in the studio, I'm sure everyone would <laughs> want to wear one. All right, let's continue on with our Wild Card Weekend matchups. We left off um, with the final AFC matchup. This is the Sunday night football game from Arrowhead featuring the seven seed, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the two seed, Kansas City Chiefs. Hats off to Mike Tomlin, the job he did with this team, getting it into the playoffs. I, I still don't know. I have to go back and watch the tape of these games to figure out how they won half of them. <laughs> but they're there. They're there, and a prohibitive underdog to the Chiefs. This game opened 13, down to 12 and a half. It was down to 12 at one point. Back up to 12 and a half is where it sits right now, Amal, with a total of 46. Ben Roethlisberger, um, I believe it was yesterday or on Wednesday, said, We've got to be the 14th team out of 14 teams in the playoffs and maybe a 20-point underdog in this game, right? I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he yeah. said. Not quite 20, but it's 12-and-a-half. I haven't met one person who said they're laying 12-and-a-half with the Chiefs. What's your take on this game? I tend to agree with them. I just think it's too many points in a revenge spot here for Pittsburgh. Now, that doesn't mean that they cover this game, but, Mike, when you're laying these types of big numbers in the postseason, it becomes difficult. You've got the season on the line. This is still a very good defensive team. I think that's the one thing that gets overlooked. Five consecutive years, the Steelers have led the NFL in sacks. You look at what Watt and Hayward are able to do. This team is dangerous. You can force a couple of turnovers. When I look at the entire, all 14 teams right now, there is not a single team out here. You look at those, you know, 85 Bears or those 49ers teams uh, when they went back-to-back where they're just going to absolutely blow everybody out of the 90s Cowboys. You go, hey, you're lucky if you can stay within 10 points of this team. None of these teams exist, in my opinion, in this postseason. I think there's some really good teams, but there's no elite teams, and that's why I think Pittsburgh at 12-and-a-half is a play that attracts some attention right now. Is Green Bay better or worse this year than they were last year? I believe they're better from this standpoint. The defense is better. Uh, I I think they got Whitney Merciless back now. He just practiced yesterday. That's a big benefit for them. But I think the loss actually helped them last year. I I think Matt LaFleur learned from it. I think the biggest thing was Matt LaFleur. And his adjustments and what they've been able to do, his team knows they've got Aaron Rodgers. And if you look at it, if you're Green Bay, you're, this is about as good of an opportunity as you're going to get to win a Super Bowl. you got two home games, and then you're looking at going to SoFi Stadium in an indoor area uh, with Devontae Adams and this team. Boy, it's going to be a tough team to stop. To this game, the Steelers and the Chiefs, the first matchup in Arrowhead, which was the Sunday after Christmas, wasn't close. The Chiefs yeah. scored on virtually every possession. The game was over at halftime. We had Brian McFadden on the show yesterday. Um, two-time Super Bowl winning uh, defensive back with the Steelers, and he said it's all going to be all about the start in this game. How do the Steelers play in the first quarter, and can they keep in the game? Possibly do you attack this game from an in-game perspective with that philosophy in mind? Yeah, i tell you one thing I would love is if the Chiefs have the ball, and let's say they're moving the ball around midfield, you're going to probably be able to get a number that's over 14 and a half or so in the end game, and then if you get a stop, you take advantage of it, and even if they get the first score, you're going to get a pretty strong number. I think that's the one thing in this game that you strongly look at. Remember, as you alluded to, 23 nothing at halftime, and it was a game in which the Steelers really struggled. Roethlisberger only threw for 159. A lot of those yards came on the final drive, so... Pittsburgh's got to be better. Um, and the other thing is, you know what? They didn't do a bad job defensively on third down efficiency because Kansas City was four for 11 in that one. 
had 127 rushing yards, so not overwhelming. It's just, uh, to me, you can't lose the turnover battle. They were uh, they had two turnovers. They were minus three in that category. Juju Smith-Schuster activated and may play for the Steelers. Looks like he might probable. If he goes for the Steelers, is that enough to make a difference in this game? No, really it comes down to the defense. Can you get the stops when necessary on third down? Don't give a big play to Tyreek Hill. Get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. One of the tougher quarterbacks. You know, I don't think Mahomes gets enough credit for his mobility. You know, he he is far more mobile than I think people either have anticipated when he came into the league or have realized he's dangerous in on those third and fives. How many times have we seen him pick it up with his legs? Chiefs team total, let's say 28 and a half, 29. Do you go over or under here on this bet? I would go under. Yeah. And the reason why is because if Pittsburgh, you've got to play a certain type of game here, right? You you want to work the clock in situation. You don't want to go full of Georgia Bulldogs and snap the ball with 35 on the play clock. Every opportunity you get, you want to shorten the game. We know uh, per man, Kansas City is the better football team. But if you're going to be successful in this game, you've got to, A, limit your turnovers. You've got to be able to force a turnover or two if you're Pittsburgh. And then when you have the opportunities in the red zone, you've got to get six points instead of three. And if they can do that, they've got a chance. And I think, Mike, that's the only way they're going to be able to win this football game is if they limit Kansas City. If they get over that team total, I think Kansas City blows them out. We had the graphic up a few seconds ago for those that are watching here on vcin.com. Um Odds to be, represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Chiefs still the favorite, even though they're the two seed. If if Tennessee can hold serve in the divisional round next weekend, the AFC championship game will not be at Arrowhead for the first time in four years. Remember wow. Tom Brady in that overtime game one a few yeah. years ago to advance to the Super Bowl, and then the Chiefs came out of Arrowhead the last two years. Chiefs as cheap a price as, as we've seen them in the last three years, plus 175. Is this a year to try to fade the Chiefs with another one of those teams, the Titans or the Bills? Or is this your year to buy low on the Chiefs? You know, I, I don't know. And I, and I say that because I feel like there's a lot of options out there. I do believe Kansas City is probably the team you look at. I feel confident they can go into Nashville and win the game. Um, but I don't know. You can make a compelling argument for a lot of different teams here. I, I think Buffalo at 350 is not a bad play. I think the confidence they got out of that win earlier this year against Kansas City will, could potentially propel them. We'll see what happens. Heading into the year, I thought it was Buffalo and Kansas City. Right? As did I, I, yeah. And I didn't know. I wasn't sure. I thought yeah. Buffalo had, had closed the gap on them. Uh, Buffalo is an interesting pick here. Um, I worry about Tennessee if it's them and the Chiefs in the AFC title game, the revenge factor. Kansas City got embarrassed in Tennessee in that yeah. first matchup. Uh, all right, let's switch our focus to the NFC in the early game on Sunday morning from Tampa. Stormy Tampa is the predictions of all. 80 to 90% chance of thunderstorms. Temps will be... Will be mild, 65, 70 degrees, but winds howling up to 30 miles an hour during these thunderstorms. Bucks were an eight and a half point favorite on the opener, down to eight over the Eagles. Bucks um, won the matchup in Philadelphia earlier in the year on that Thursday night football game, if you remember, yeah. uh, Amal, where the Eagles made the comeback in that game. Uh, total in this game sits at 46. Do you like a side here? You're going to use a teaser. I think a lot Tampa Bay will be in a lot of people's teasers this weekend. Or perhaps due to weather, do you look at the under 46? Uh, no, I'm not going to mess with the total. Um, but I, I would lean towards the under in the game. For me, though, I like Tampa on the teaser, as you alluded to, simply because I, I, in that game, the final score was 28-22. Remember, the Eagles went for two late in the game. 
kind of wrecked. I think the number was seven. It was in that seven. One. Yeah. <laughs> and so they end up getting the cover. But remember, they scored the last 15 points. So seven points in the third quarter, then eight in the fourth quarter. It was 28 to seven in this game at one point. 28 in time. to seven. And if you were laying seven with the Bucks, you thought you couldn't lose. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Nick Sirianni decides to go for the two there, which really didn't make sense because I think the game was over. Was it with about a few yeah. seconds left? Right. I mean, I get the argument you say if you score, you can win the game. With but eight minutes left is a different story. Absolutely mm-hmm. right. Um, but to me, when you look at this Tampa team, I think this is where they excel. I mean, you know, they, Mike, they had the most under-the-radar 13-4 and season I can remember. And two of those losses came against the Saints, another one against um, the Rams, no, no shame in that. And then Washington had the drive of the NFL season by any team. Yeah, Tampa Bay on defense on that drive helped Washington tremendously. Yeah. Dumb play after dumb. That's when he called his team dumb, remember? Yes. Arian <laughs> said, I got a dumb team. <laughs> That's why I like 11-minute drive to, to end the game. Absolutely. I mean, you look at this team. I don't think they're getting enough credit and enough respect for the 13-4 and four season that they've had so far. i like them to win this football game. Not thrilled about the eight, but I would lean towards them covering before laying, uh, excuse me, taking the points with Philadelphia here. Uh, I, I think Tampa's going to be a huge teaser play this weekend. Tampa make this, can, can Tampa get to and win the Super Bowl without Antonio Brown, Godwin, and Fournette? It's going to be tougher because when you get up against these the Rams, against the uh, whether it be the the excuse me, the Cowboys or the 49ers, and then, of course, the Packers. It's going to be far more challenging. Um, I, I just feel like in the NFC, this is Green Bay's year. I'm hoping the Rams somehow find a way, but I, I just don't see it happening. All right, let's talk about the game you're most excited for, the afternoon game on Sunday, 49ers at Cowboys. All the memories of the 90s and these matchups in the playoffs as the two dynasties collided. Um, this number was 3.5 at the open. 49er money has got it back to 3. Total sits at 51. Everybody that we've heard from on the network is on the 49ers. Yeah, I'm 49ers, concerned about my 49ers interest. 49ers, 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 49ers. I said on Follow the Money with Mitch and Matt Humans, who is or Paul and Matt Humans, who is filling in for Mitch. I thought this reminded me of Monday night where Alabama was the square was the square dog that Frisco's become the square dog here, and he said the pros he knows are on San Francisco. And then yesterday when I was on the podcast with Gil. Drew Disnick said the pro money's coming in on the Cowboys this weekend. We'll, we'll talk about this more after the break. Your opinion on the pro money on this game, because I want to break this game down further. Uh, to, to quote Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men, I don't give a damn. <laughs> when we come back, the NFC matchups. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, the Lombardi Line with Patrick Marr, Follow the Money with Mitch and Paul, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw continuing to preview the wildcard weekend matchups. And we left off beginning to talk about Cowboys Niners Sunday afternoon on CBS, by the way. Um, Cowboys laying three, total of 51 them all. You're on the Niners. You bet a money line, you take the points, you tease them, or I, I more. Have, <laughs> I, 
I took a small play on the Niners at three. I didn't realize yeah. it was going to go to three and a half. I, I did not expect yeah. it to go there. Um, probably take it again at three and a half. But look, I, I just think San Francisco is being underappreciated. Seven out of their last nine games, they've been able to win, and they've done a tremendous job. Um, this team continues to play extremely well. And I think they're going to find a way through in this one. I have questions about Dallas. Mike, the offense in terms of the passing game has been inconsistent. You know, I think Gallup is a bigger loss than people realize. He's got the ability to stretch the defense on big plays. Cooper and Lamb on the short and the intermediate routes are terrific. But I still think San Francisco is going to be able to take advantage of it. The other thing is, how effective will Dallas be against the run? You've got to stop the run if you're going to stop San Francisco. If you don't stop the run, play action is going to work tremendously well for the 49ers and Jimmy G. If the, if I told you the 49ers turned the ball over one time during this game, would you tell me you liked your bet more or less? One time, I'd take my, I, I would take it. I, I, look, one turnover you can overcome. It's when you get to multiple, it becomes a real problem. And I think that's where the difference lies in this one. We had a discussion yesterday about who the most pressure was on this weekend in terms of players in the NFL. And a friend who is an everyday listener of Odds On, and um, are there anybody that's in the latter category that aren't in the former but he said, you guys are forgetting somebody that could be argued has the most pressure on him. And he said, that's Dak Prescott. Well, I don't agree with that because, listen, Dak, tell me, who's talking about the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah, here's the point I would make about Dallas and what the Cowboys think of Dak Prescott. They franchise tagged him. If you got a franchise quarterback, you're not franchising. Are you ever franchising Aaron Rodgers? No. You're signing to a long-term no. deal. Are you ever franchising Russell Wilson? They were not completely convinced in what they have there. This team is good. They're not to go from what they were last year to what they are this year. All of a sudden, doesn't anoint them the savior in the NFC. They're not expected to get to the Super Bowl, even if they win this game. Do you believe they're going to win the following weekend? But the point is, he's a favorite in a home playoff game here. Favorite, he's a favorite because they first of all because they're in the weakest division in the NFL, and they by virtue of that you get a home game. They're a three point favorite, which if you take away the three points for the home field advantage, they're a pick them in a neutral site against a team that barely was going to get into the postseason, had to win seven of their last nine games to get there. I'm glad I struck a nerve. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> he to the... texted me that yesterday. I was saving it for today. <laughs> let's move on to the Monday night matchup that's important to you for your future tickets. Cardinals uh, versus the Rams. This is also edition number three. Both teams winning, and I thought impressive victories on the opposite teams, uh, the, on their opponent's home field. Remember Cardinals' big upset early when they were on that 7-0 and start. They went into SoFi. Rams were high off that victory over Tampa Bay the week before. And the Cardinals went in there, really punched them in the mouth in the first half, did pretty much everything they wanted to offensively, closed the first half well and never looked back. And then in that Monday night game in Glendale, the Rams' defense came to play, really harassed Kyler Murray, chased him down, sacked him multiple times. Aaron Donald was a big factor in this game. Now the game comes back to SoFi on Monday night. This is the 4-5 matchup uh, in the NFC. Rams. Lane four here with a total of 49 and a half. Yeah, look, uh, I, I think this number's right where it should be. Uh, if I didn't have a rooting interest in the Rams because I have the Rams to win the NFC, I would uh, be taking a look at uh, Arizona potentially at anything at four or greater. I think it's going to be a tight, tough game. I, I remember the Rams lost to the Cardinals in, in uh, SoFi earlier this year. They got the revenge in uh, Arizona. So we'll see what happens here. It's going to come down to Matthew Stafford. Forget about Arizona for a minute here. If Matthew Stafford plays well, the Rams win this football game. If he doesn't, they lose the game. I think it's that simple in this one. Jeff Davis that works here for us, that used to run the, the sports books for Caesars uh, and works here, does a terrific job uh, as a sports book manager here. I, I read his tweet this morning about the narrative of Stafford has never won a big game, which I was being a proponent yeah. of saying the biggest win he ever had was beating Hawaii in the 
in <laughs> Hawaii and in, 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 in the Sugar Bowl. But he says he's never been in a spot where he's been favored before. He's always been a big underdog in these, in these, in these games, in the playoff games, up to a 10-point underdog. And this is the first time he's actually had a team around him that's supposed to win a playoff game. Right. How confident are you that the Rams come out of this game? I'm pretty confident. I, I think this is a matchup that works well for them. I thought if it was San Francisco, it would have been a tougher scenario, especially after that second-half collapse. I like their chances here. I think they move on. But, Mike, it's not going to be an easy game. I don't think any game in the postseason is generally going to be easy to begin with. But against this Arizona team with the experience or lack thereof on the Arizona side, I, I like the Rams here. Are you are you, con- are you concerned that Arizona's getting their injured players back for this game? Now, we know Hopkins not. Yeah. But offensive linemen coming back, Watt. I mean, do you think that'll be a factor? They sort of faded down the stretch, but injury's a big factor there. Injuries are a big factor, but the one you alluded to I think is crucial for this team, and that's yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, because DeAndre Hopkins, without question, is the number one receiver when he's on the field. The other thing is what he does is, Mike, on third down, he gives Kyler Murray a player you know you're going to throw the ball to. And outside of that one game this year, I forgot who it was against where Hopkins dropped the ball. You're not going to see him drop the ball too much. He's their version, but an upgraded version, in my opinion, of Cooper Cup. I thought for a long time DeAndre Hopkins was the top receiver in the NFL. Uh, now Adams probably has that mantle. But to me, when I look at this team, without him, it changes the dynamic of who they are. He, he is the difference maker. It'd be like if you take Cooper Cup off the Rams, where are they without him? I think this is going to be a really close game. I do, too. I, 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 I think Cowboys-Niners going to be a, really, a field goal game, and I think this is going to be a field goal game. I, I just I I look forward to this game on Monday night. Actually, I, I like this game being in the primetime spot. What, what time is kickoff? By the way, uh, same as Monday night, five oh, five twenty, five twenty Pacific local time, eight twenty on the East Coast. Always late for the East Coast people. These these uh, these games. Well, it's always nice when ESPN runs about twenty eight minutes of promotion when they had a month for the national title game. All right, I'm going to give you a few uh, macro questions here on on a wild card round. Which do you consider the biggest head coaching mismatch? In any one of these games, and I'll give you a couple choices. Um, I, don't Arians, need, I, I don't need choices. Uh, well, let me let me let me get some of my opinion in here by giving <laughs> you <my> choices. <laughs> Arians, Sirianni, McVeigh. You're going to go with big. No, I'm not. Go ahead. I McVeigh Kingsbury. Yeah, McVeigh Kingsbury. No, you're going to go with McCarthy. Yeah, I'm going McCarthy yeah. and Shanahan. Absolutely, <laughs> McVeigh was a close second against okay. Kingsbury. Okay, but. I think Shanahan's a far upgrade. You know what I like about Shanahan? He's kind of got that Steve Spurrier style. Listen, if you can't stop the run, we're just going to keep running the ball until you stop it. He's going to do the same thing that's necessary until you find a way to stop it. Uh, I I like the San Francisco team in this matchup. Um, You mentioned it, though. Everybody here is on it. We'll see what happens. Which underdog has the best chance of winning their game? You're going to say the 49ers? Yeah, but I I don't really consider the uh, the 49ers an underdog in this one. Uh, To me, I would say the New England Patriots. I look at them as a legitimate underdog. Um, I think San Francisco and Dallas are fairly similar, so I'm going to say New England. But if if you're technically going based on the point spread, then I would say San Francisco. Which player do you think um, will have the most significant role in their team's victory this weekend? And I want you to throw out a, throw the quarterbacks out. I want you to throw the quarterbacks out. So running back or wide receiver or defensive player that will have the biggest impact on their team this weekend? There's two choices here. Okay. Uh, San, let's start with San Francisco. Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is an absolute difference maker. I think he is a catalyst for this team. And then the other one is Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup's unbelievable. Cooper Cup plays the way he has all year long. Rams have a great chance. And what a difference it makes for Matthew Stafford when you hit this guy in stride and what he can do after run after the catch. Uh, he's been terrific. Over 1,900 yards. 
Are there any of the games where you think the special teams have a distinct advantage for one team over the other? Uh, it's a good question. And, you know, yesterday I was on with Michael Lombardi. He said he thought uh, uh, Fossil, the uh, special Cowboys. teams coach for the Cowboys, he would try and run one trick play during the game, which could backfire potentially. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you look at that as a positive or a negative. Um, you know, I don't know. I think when you look at most of these teams, everybody can kick the ball well. I will say the Raiders with Daniel Carlson, his ability to kick once you get inside the 40-yard line makes a difference. The kid said for Cincinnati, McPherson, unbelievable. But everybody remembers that Green Bay game where yeah. they kept missing with Crosby. They kept missing. He's had an outstanding season as well. Well, he was terrific at Florida, Yeah, right? He was a really good kicker there, so it doesn't come as a surprise. But I think Carlson's been outstanding. The Steelers Chiefs are another great field goal, oh, right? Chris Boswell, <laughs> I think is the second-best kicker in the league. And I think he's the most underrated because we, we and I don't disagree with it, Tucker is considered so far ahead of everybody else. I, 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 off, I wonder a little bit about Robbie Gold. He's at the twilight of his career, right? Yeah. And he missed some kicks this year. Remember yeah. the kick to win the game at Cincinnati in regulation yep. where they had it set up? I think he might be a factor there. Greg DeLeg, also not at the height of his career, but still has that distance. And he has a lot more distance in a dome where you can bang it, where he can hit it from 55-plus at Jerry World, where gold doesn't have that range anymore. He doesn't have the range, but if you look at it, he was still 20 for 23 this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still a guy with tremendous accuracy. Now, you may not have the distance, but I, I want the accurate kicker over the distance kicker because sometimes the distance will backfire because you might t- take a long kick that goes against you. All right, when we come back, I'm all in and the Palm Reader Playbook for Wild Card Weekend. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends 
safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. There are CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. I thought I was going to tell you where to find Kevlar in these cities, too. Welcome back into Odds on that voice you heard there is Amal Shaw. I am Mike Palm. Time for the plays yesterday. Let's do the recap. Boy, if we'd have put a money line parlay together, it paid pretty sweetly. I like Stanford plus seven and a half. After about 180 COVID tests, they finally started that game. They were getting beat by 10 in the first half uh, on the Palouse up there, but dominant in the second half. Their defense was in the half court. It really did. They win the game. And then you said 10, 10 and a half, way too many points for UCLA to be given. Oregon had to lead the whole second half and ends up winning the game in overtime. Game should have never gone to overtime. Ducks blew it late, get into overtime, get the victory. Impressive job there. I think the one thing with UCLA that gets overlooked is if you take away that five, six game stretch during the postseason, they were a good team, not a great team by any stretch last year in the regular season. I think that's something people have to consider when you're betting on it or against the Bruins. I'm a little upset I didn't take your lean because I liked it with Oregon State. They were tied in that game with six minutes to go. Well, I tell you what, I saw the overnight line. I said, this number is out of whack. And even the 10 was not indicative of the final score of that game. No. It, was a, it was a tight ball game throughout. Oregon State played them well because they've got a little bit of size inside. They can contend with the Bruins here. Let's start out in college hoops tonight. Michigan on the road in Champaign, taking on the Illini. I like Michigan catching 10 here, Mike. I think this number's too high. I thought this number should have been about seven and a half, eight and a half, maybe somewhere in that range. I think the Wolverines get the cover here. I think the Illini win the game. They've won five in a row since that Arizona loss. This team has looked well, uh, been playing well, but gone under the radar in the Big Ten because we talk about Purdue, Wisconsin, Ohio State. I don't think Illinois is getting enough credit for how well they've done so far. Uh, and sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you know Illinois was getting beat by double digits early at Nebraska in their last game. It was like nineteen to six or nineteen to four. And I turned it back six minutes later, and they were tied at twenty three. Um, I, I, I got to stay away from that. I think it's maybe a little too many. But you know I've been fading this Michigan team all year. I haven't been on them at all, so I'm not going to get involved in this game. Second pick, um, you're going with St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure at home against VCU. I like this number here. I think this number is too short, a two and a half. I thought it should have been higher. Uh, this is my favorite play of the day here out of these two. You know, you mentioned with the Michigan team. I don't disagree with you, but I think the number now is an over-adjustment on them. And so we'll see what happens. Bonnie's not getting enough respect. I think this is a far better team. Very experienced-laden team here. Uh, I like them at home, minus two and a half. Um, I want to ask before I go to my place, there's another Big Ten game tonight. Nebraska at Purdue. Did you see this number? I did, and I almost took them. 25. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that 25? Right? No, I thought it was oh, 20. 20? Yeah. It was so, an like, outrageous number. If it was 25, that would have been the top oh. play of the day because Purdue is a team that's tough at home. They're going to they're gonna beat you down. But 20, I mean, Mike, when you get into that type of situation, it turns into open gym, and it just depends on if you can knock down some shots or not if you're the Huskers. Yeah, I, I was tempted to take them. Maybe, maybe it was 20. I'll get you the number here in a second. Let's go to my place here. I've got some wild card matchups as well. Yeah, 20 and a half of them all. You're correct there. Let's start out. I've got a three-unit play, and it's a, a number I put in last night because I think this total's coming down due to the weather. Raiders-Bengals under 24 and a half first half. I think Zach Taylor's going to play this game conservatively. You hit on a key point. Mixon's been very good for him. They can run the ball as well. Yeah. Uh, he likes to chew up the clock with these drives. We talk about Jamar Chase when he breaks these tackles and he runs away from everybody, and we think of Cincinnati as a big play team. 
But they can be a grinding team, too. And when they played at Allegiant, Zach Taylor played this game very conservatively, punting on fourth and one and fourth and two from his own territory. Uh, I think it'll be played that way. And then factor in the fact that Derek Carr and cold weather has not been good. They've averaged 17 points. I think he has five starts in weather, uh, 40 degrees or less. Remember the Giants game? They didn't play well coming off the bye in cool weather in New York. I like the, I like the Bengals here, and I like it under. Aston via Man U under two and a half minus one oh five tomorrow morning in the EPL. We just saw this game in the tournament in the Caribou Cup. Man U scored in the first minute or first seven minutes. Then there was no other goals. It was one nothing final. Now we get the game at Aston via, which I even like even more when the road team is the favorite, not the home team. I'll go under two and a half here Sunday morning. Tottenham Arsenal, big game in the the top four or five. Yeah. That range of fifth through seventh there, and teams trying to move in the top four to get into Champions League. Big game there. Tottenham comes off uh, 1-0 defeat to Chelsea in the second leg of the, of the semifinals. Arsenal-Liverpool played in the other semifinal in the tournament. Under 2.5 here, minus 115. Amal, I played two teasers uh, as well. These are two-unit plays. Uh, both of them involve the Bucks. Seven-point teasers. Bucks down to 1.5. And, and then I took them with the Cardinals up to 11. And with the 49ers up to 10. Now you can get the 49ers to 10.5 now that it's... Three and a half. And then I have one one unit play interested in your commentary on this. Home team UNLV tonight at home at the Thomas and Mac hosting Fresno. They're a one-point dog, one and a half. I took them uh, plus 105 on the money line to win this game. I'm not impressed with Fresno State offensively. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Fresno State revolves around their big man inside. Depending on how he plays is how they're going to go. Uh, I would agree with you if you're going to play this game. You lean towards the home team here, but I thought this is a tough call. I think the Bulldogs can come in here and win this game just as easily as they potentially lose this one. Uh, I want to go back quickly to your Raiders play. I like the point you just made about Zach Taylor and, and controlling the clock because if you look at both of these teams defensively, they both have question marks. Look, we know both of them, uh, especially Max Crosby's done a tremendous job getting after the quarterbacks. Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard for the Bengals also can get after the quarterback. But the back seven on both sides, I think they can be exploited. And I think Cincinnati's got more weapons offensively. That'll be the difference, in my opinion. Last we saw the Bengals, they held the Chiefs to three points in the second half of that game, although only three possessions. Yeah, that right? was key. He, he, he bled the clock every drive. He took more than six minutes off the clock in that game. Um, all I want to talk about college basketball this weekend and preview a couple of these games because there's some really good matchups. Uh, and I want to start out in the, uh, in the Big East uh, in Cincinnati. Creighton taking on Xavier. That's going to be a good matchup here. This Creighton team has gotten off to a pretty good start at 10-4. and four. They go on the road to X. I expect X to be a short, short favorite here, about one or two, Mike. And I like Xavier at home if you're going to get this on a short number here. Uh, actually, you know what? Let me correct that number. It's probably going to be higher because the Villanova... I two and a half. I actually... I, I was thinking they were catching points against Nova. They opened as a dog, and then they went to the favorite. Mm-hmm. So I would expect it might be as high as three in this game. Two and a half. Your number is more accurate. Um, but I still like X in this game. Uh, Creighton's good when they're in Omaha, sometimes a little bit inconsistent on the road. I like X in this matchup with Cintas. Last night you said you like Texas Tech laying the points, yeah. and I said I didn't know. I don't like them laying seven or eight. I'd rather have them t- taking a few or as a short favorite. You were right. They won the game by double digits, but they keep playing every other day now, <laughs> and they have to go to the Little Apple on Saturday to take on K-State. It's going to be interesting. Uh, K-State was catching, I think, six against Texas. I think it'll be a similar number here. Um, I, I don't want to lay the points with the Red Raiders. I would take K-State uh, at Bramlage. I think they'll be competitive. I don't think they win the game. But you bring up an excellent point. This is going to be their fifth game in almost, I think, what, 15 days or something like that? I think it's their fifth fifth game in 12 days. 12 is yeah. it that? Wow. Uh, that's going to take a little bit of a toll mm-hmm. on it. 
Yeah, he had some tough games went, as went, well. They went Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Wow. And <laughs> Iowa State, at Iowa yeah. State, home against KU, beat uh, Baylor, Baylor. Baylor, and then you beat oh. Oklahoma State, and now you got to go to Bramlage. <laughs> uh, I think K-State gets the W here. Wow, that, that is a what daunting a schedule. It really is. But impressive what they've been able to do so far, 3-1 and one during that stretch. Um, let's stay in the Big 12, West Virginia at Kansas. Uh, I, I think the Mountaineers are in trouble. They're going to be catching a big number here on the road, probably. Oh, no, easily, because Iowa State was getting 12.5. West Virginia struggles to score at times. I think we'll probably see about a 14.5 number here. Um, I, I'm not going to touch this game, but I think KU could run away in this one. Here's the game that I have circled, Texas at Iowa State. I do, too. I thought this was a tough game. I'm leaning towards the home team. Iowa State off to a rough start in league play right now. Sitting at 1-3, and three, they've got to get back on track. Hilton Magic, Saturday afternoon going to go with the home team here. I think they find a way, but that Texas defense will be tenacious. I give you a total. You tell me over under 122 and a half. I would go over and uh, I don't know if that's the, no, number. I know I'm that, that, that's fair, I'm fair enough. And I think it's going to be a tighter game, but on the road, I think Texas will have to score a few more points. I think the defense will be good, but I don't know if it'll be good enough to slow down Iowa state enough. Tennessee at Kentucky. Yeah, I think this number is going to be about six and a half with Big Blue. Uh, I think Kentucky really takes care of business. Tennessee doesn't shoot the ball particularly well. And as well as Fulkerson has played on the glass, now you're going up against Oscar Toshiba, who's been the best rebounder in college basketball. I like this Kentucky team. If you are Rick Barnes' squad, you cannot play a tempo game with Tennessee. Excuse me, with Kentucky. I like Kentucky. Mike, I believe they're the best team in the SEC. All due respect to Auburn, they're a terrific team. But at the end of the day, I think Kentucky is the best team in the SEC. Alabama at Mississippi State. It's interesting. I want to see what this number is. I like Alabama here, despite them being on the road. I don't like this Mississippi State team. When you look at them, they don't get enough consistent scoring from their backcourt. Uh, Molinar is going to have to play well if they're going to have a chance in this one. But I think you got too much Shackelford and Davison in this one. I like Alabama on the road off the loss against Auburn. Dana Altman and his Ducks stay in L.A. to take on USC. Great matchup. And, Mike, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to take the Trojans here. Well, what's I, the number going to be? Probably about five and a half. Uh, I said yesterday, you know, we you said Arizona, um, USC, UCLA, and Oregon, the fourth team, and I said it's a wide gap. Maybe I misspoke. Well, I they think, do this every They get off yeah, to slow starts. Exactly. <laughs> they get better as the season progresses. Five and a half might be six, six and a half, but somewhere in that, in my opinion, in that range. Well, you didn't list any of your NFL plays in your, in your play. Why is that? Well, first of all, I haven't had great success in the NFL this year, okay. and also I, I think there are better plays than the 49ers play in college basketball. I, I think college basketball, if you really focus in on it, there's a lot of gravy. All right, fair enough. Well, we're all looking forward to it. We got the award ceremony tonight for the winners of the contest and then Wild Card Weekend. Stay tuned to VSIN up next, Betting Across America. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7. 
or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 